This is Weird Religion, a podcast for people who know religion is weird but love it anyway. My name is Leah Payne. I'm a historian, author, professor, and I am back to early pandemic baking. Time for some cinnamon rolls. Mm, My name is Brian Doak. I'm a professor and biblical scholar, and my diet is slipping. We are back to the news. We trade stories back and forth and comment, all to inform, amuse, and even shock. Join us. Join us. Okay, you know the format, friends. Oh, yes. We each choose five articles, and we we lob them back and forth at each other. To get a reaction and to get comment. And just to, you know, just to kind of keep up. We keep you up with religion in the news, and this is how you get it, and you know it, and you yes. love it, and we love it. And so um, I've got five here. I This time, we've overlapped with one story. And we, mm-hmm. by the way, we don't tell each other what the stories are going to be before. Nope. So nope. It's we, actually we, kind of a fun surprise. I think every time we've done this, this is like our fifth version of this type of episode. I think mm-hmm. we've always had an overlap. I bet we're not going to this time. I kind of bet that too because oh. I tried hard not to. Okay, okay. We'll see. Okay. We'll see. Um, Sometimes I get a, a sense for like, oh, Brian's going to definitely <laughs> want this want this story. Yep. Um, do you, uh, you want to go first? I do, I do. Okay. Uh, this is a story, like a, a figure I've been following with great interest. And then all of a sudden the story took a turn toward the religion Ooh. angle, which I was pretty Love interested it. in. Mm-hmm. And it is the story of Britney Spears, oh. who has announced mm-hmm. very recently yes. that she's now Catholic. Okay, guys, great news. I am so excited. This is just a groundbreaking day, and I feel like my life is changing as we speak, and I'm so excited. Upward bound! Yes! Really? In an Instagram post. I didn't know that. It happened, like, last night. I saw it, and I was like, I oh, Britney's, we're doing this. Britney so Britney Spears, Catholic. Spears, now, Instagram. what I thought was interesting about this is I have right. followed her I'm with there, great I'm interest. There. 33 yes. million followers. Yes. Look at the picture of her. Oh, she's looking kind of... Yeah, she's... she's. she's I, I hope that she's being freed here. This is what we're all hoping for. Is this for. the thing where she's in the bathing suit and talking about yoga? Um, No, here, no. let's see here. Never mind. Um, There is... Which which one I'm is fueled it? by caffeine, sarcasm, and inappropriate no. thoughts. Okay. Um, That's what she says. Here, she has an Instagram on Thursday. It's something that she shared on Thursday. Okay. And I'm looking for it now. It's where she's with but the pig? She she she's in this video and she's twirling around in a blue dress. Okay, and then she reveals that that is the dress that she wore to mass. I just got fra- back from mass. I'm Catholic now. Dot dot dot. Let us pray. Little pray hands. Exclamation point. Exclamation point. Wow. Exclamation point. She okay. had said um, at another time that she grew up Baptist, but then um, she started studying Kabbalah. Mm-hmm. a form of Jewish mysticism, mm-hmm. which I thought was kind of interesting because if you put Baptist Christianity together with mysticism, maybe that's kind of what you get. Yeah, <laughs> it's, it's Catholic. Yeah, Baptists and Kabbalah have a child. It's Catholicism. It's going to be. Anyway, so yeah, I thought, wow. you know, care to comment about this pop icon's recent declaration well, i have followed loosely the britney saga as of late mm-hmm, the, mm-hmm. the seeming attempt to end the conservatorship mm-hmm. seems like it's headed in the, that direction mm-hmm. you know it's weird because i'm um, a pro 
free Britney gal myself. Yeah, and like you know, like there was this whole like so in the sphere of popular musician and you know conversions and Christianity, you had Kanye right doing this right, right. And I think like his new album, which he's doing all these like super high art drop party kind of things with like is it going to also be like jesus is king again or is he now not on that thing anymore is this like a lifelong thing i guess i just never know with celebrities what's what's the what there yeah you know i mean because i've also followed the story of justin bieber uh Mm -hmm. pretty closely and Mm -hmm. there's always there's lots of questions about her or his relationship to pastors and you know, I would imagine it'd be very hard to be Justin somebody Bieber, of course. who is a celeb. Yeah, Justin Bieber. But who who's someone who's a celebrity um, and knowing that there are so, there are religious leaders who will try to capitalize on your fame and fortune and stuff that might that might be kind of a hard position to be in. So, I'm always interested when stars declare one form or another like i think jennifer garner is methodist and katie holmes is catholic Mm -hmm. but she had kind of dabbled in scientology for a minute when she was married for tom (laughs) Tom. Tom. yeah so i always think it's really interesting how the how their religious affiliation gets portrayed versus how it kind of gets talked about in the regular world right no i get that so that it's, was my story. It's just like something you got to follow, you know, like what's, where does it go? Does it become a thing? Does she, does she really do it? Is it just like a way she was feeling in a particular moment? Mm-hmm. Like that's the kind of you thing. You never know. Cause I'm scrolling down on her Instagram and I saw it yesterday, but I don't see it today. So maybe, yeah, maybe that's say, already I'm gone. For it and I don't find it. And I'm like, I'm like trolling Britney's um, <laughs> uh, Instagram. There's a lot of fascinating things here. Yes. We'll, uh, we'll, we'll, link, yes. we'll link her Instagram maybe. Yep. Not like you can't find it. Okay. Yeah. She's everywhere. Okay. Are you ready? Yep, I'm ready. There's a reason Matt Damon is back in the press for making a dumb comment, oh. is the headlines from Slate. I saw that. Um, oh, dude. But you did, did you choose it for a story? No, I okay, didn't. So it's I not an overlap. Okay. Yeah, I did so, not. So Matt Damon has a movie. And, and okay, but the punchline's coming. For, well, like, how is this a religious story? Oh, just wait. Uh. So it's, it's a pseudo-religious <laughs> story. So Matt Damon has a movie out called Stillwater. Mm-hmm. which is loosely based, apparently, I haven't seen it, on the Amanda Knox story, mm-hmm. jailed and then released for killing her roommate in Italy. And it's about a dad, played by Matt Damon, who mm-hmm. goes to, I think, France or somewhere to try to get his daughter out of jail because she's been, you know, there's all this, like, kind of controversy. It's like Matt right. Damon's playing kind of like an everyman, kind of like a dad from Oklahoma with a big goatee and a trucker <laughs> hat and, you know, yeah. he's shirt. He's trying to play like one of the rest of us, like he's a normal. Yeah, nice try, Matt. <laughs> Okay, so, but he's back in the press because he made a dumb comment saying he had used a certain kind of slur until very recently, which people are like, what? Why were you doing that until very recently? He's like, no, no, I didn't say that, or I did say it, or I don't know, but my kids told me, and blah, 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 and then people are critiquing the film, and the film's tanking, and it's getting bad press. Why is this happening? Is it happening because of the free choices of individuals? No. Mm. Is it happening because of cultural dynamics during our time, and blah, blah, blah? No. Why is it happening? And this is now the subtitle of the article. It's the curse. <gasps> I curse you. Nice try, buddy. Really? What is, okay, now I'm much more interested. What's the curse, you ask? Uh-oh. Oh, I will tell you about the curse. What? The curse has to do, the Matt Damon curse, Oh, this is such has a- to do with Goodwill Hunting, <gasps> where both Matt Damon and Ben Affleck. Right, right, right. Besties. Mm-hmm. 
shared a moment of fame over their co-written, beautiful, heartwarming, coming-of-age drama, Goodwill Hunting. Yes. Robin Williams, right. of course. Yes. Cla- won, I would say it's a classic. Won the Oscar for Best Screenplay or Best Director or mm-hmm. something like that. Mm-hmm. It's been a while. since. Mini Driver is wonderful in that Mini movie. Driver. Mm-hmm. Definitely a heartthrob of mine when I was like, oh, in for sure, middle school, for early sure. high school. <laughs> What's the curse? The curse goes like this. It's a zero-sum game. Neither Ben Affleck nor Matt Damon can thrive at the same time. And people have like tracked oh, their success funny. in life in their movies. And when one is up, the other <laughs> is down. And when one is down, the other is up. So why oh can't they be happy gosh. at the same time? It's the curse. The curse of Goodwill Hunting? And there might be more to the curse, too. I'd have to do some more reading about it. But that's the curse. And so uh, right now, Ben Affleck is reuniting with J-Lo all right, over town. Right, All over He's town. He's happy. His Just movies are doing great or whatever. Flaunting his happiness. Flaunting his happiness. Even though, what is J-Lo doing with Ben Affleck? That's a whole other conversation I, that we should you have. Know, that's a different kind of curse. <laughs> um, so reading from the article so here we have Damon admired in controversy over an unforced error just hit one into the net there oh my while meanwhile goodness. Affleck has been canoodling with his hot rich girlfriend on a yacht in the French Riviera my wow. how the tables have turned for one to be on top must the other fall so apparently there was a 2013 piece um, yeah where wow. somebody where somebody said that these two are doomed to be in a forever seesaw that is a much better take than what I was expecting because now my whole world, my whole imagination is enchanted. Instead of thinking about Matt Damon and what were you thinking, dude, on so many levels. It was the Instead, curse. Instead, we can talk about curses, which is way more fun. It was the curse. And do you have a favorite Bible curse, oh, Bible scholar? Well, you know, in Deuteronomy, when you go to the blessings and the curses um, for, you know, obedience when Israel enters the land, yes. um, the curses are much more lurid than the blessings. <laughs> the blessings are just kind of generic. But yes. The curses are like, you know, they're pretty tough. So Deuteronomy 28, 29 chapters, something like that mm-hmm. off the top of my head, mm-hmm. somewhere in that zone. If you start reading, say, the second half of Deuteronomy, uh-huh. you'll, you'll get there. You get the fun ones. Okay. Yep. I always like those kinds of things because then it gets you into what people were actually talking and thinking about in those sure, days. Yeah. Sure. Their crops and their kids, which is kind of what we're still talking and thinking yeah. about. Substitute Turns crops out. for your job and yeah. boom. Yeah, turns out, turns out. Uh, okay, so this is actually related to your, my story, Ooh. my counter story mm-hmm. is related to your mm-hmm. um, bringing up of Matt Damon in Stillwater, mm-hmm. which is mm-hmm. that Amanda Knox herself posted an epic Twitter thread. Uh-huh. Oh, I, oh, I saw this. You did. I didn't pick it from my stories. It turned into a medium essay. Yep. And it's, t- it's kind of tangentially related to religion, Mm -hmm. but it starts with a series of rhetorical questions. Mm -hmm. Does not, does my name belong to me? My face? What about my life? My story? Why does my name refer to events? I had no hand in. And then she goes, that sounds sounds mystical right there. It does. Doesn't it? It does. And then she goes into this pretty epic takedown of how her name, because it's worth noting that she was exonerated Mm -hmm. And how her name has been used and abused and manipulated over time. Right, she right. brings Monica Lewinsky into it. Sure. Um, it is a fascinating, but I was thinking about it in terms of bearing witness, like the classic okay. Bible category. I wanted to bring this to you about bearing a false or true witness. Okay. Because she is like this sort of fantasy creature 
in in mm-hmm. news. Like I remember mm-hmm. way back when she was um, on trial, there were there's probably like a Law and Order episode about that. Mm-hmm. For you younger listeners, you don't know about that show. It's, it was a show. Is it the one where like the the the, the interludes were like dun, ching dun. ching? Yep. Ching ching. Yeah. So uh, anyway, th- but there there were there was a Lifetime movie made up about it, mm-hmm. and and yet there's this real person mm-hmm. behind all of this. Right. And I I just give it to you for care to comment on on like the idea of bearing some sort of witness to her life. Yeah. I just, I don't know what to say. I think the the Monica Lewinsky comparison was really good because mm-hmm. it's like, you know, it's clearly like a gendered thing where you have like a woman, the Jezebel who's dragged through the mud, who was like involved with something, but like clearly didn't do, you know, yes. like you just have to say their name and it, and, and it's very much, they're associated with one thing. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Like it's not like like how does Monica Lewinsky apply for do- a job and not mention in some kind of way? Yeah, like oh they're like oh Monica Lewinsky that's a popular name. I mean that's a name that I recognize. Like, and what do you recognize it from? Right. There's only one thing. Right. And like Amanda Knox, there's only one thing. Mm-hmm. Now she's saying now what was the last? Now here's where here's where I felt like it was getting mystical. Mm-hmm. What was that last question in her list where she was like, why are things associated with my name that that I had no hand in? Well, yeah, it's almost like she's saying, why are things associated with my name that I had no hand in? She's saying, why are people still talking about about the idea of like murder or someone murdering a roommate with reference to me because I didn't do it? And the answer, the obvious answer is that, well, you went to jail for doing it. And there was apparently some evidence that you'd done it, but it was, according to the court, wrong. And for all we know, by the way, maybe she did do it. Like, I'm not, I'm not, I I wasn't there. Like, I don't know. This is the really interesting thing that she, so she goes into that a little bit in the Twitter thread. I highly recommend (laughs) anyone read it. Um, So she talks about the relationship between um, her name and the money that gets made off of it. And she says, mm-hmm. and I think this is like tweet three, I want to pause right here on that phrase, the Amanda Knox saga, because it's being marketed as right. a take on the Amanda Knox saga. Right. What does that refer to? Does it refer to anything I did? No. It refers to the events that resulted from the murder of Meredith Kircher by a burglar named Rudy Geta. I don't know if that's exactly did they? Did he actually confess to it? Is he know, like is know. it slam dunk kind of I don't, thing? I'm not familiar enough with the story. I but didn't mean to slander Amanda by saying maybe she did do it. I'm just saying I don't know enough about the case to know whether or not. It's yeah, associated, I, like, it's I don't with know. her name because it was her roommate and she went to jail for it. Like that's obviously why. But she's saying, well, she's saying like why? Why do you guys get to? Why do you all Vanity yeah. Fair? There's like an ad that's put in Vanity Fair for this for the movie. Like mm-hmm. why do you profit? Like what does a what does a woman's name mean? And it just goes into it's a really fascinating. Right. And it's so weird to watch this woman who, you know, like there's a whole line of scholarship about like notorious women, mm-hmm. you know, oh, and yeah. it's weird to watch one who's living right now reacting to her legacy as it's been refracted right. so many times. Like, right. I wonder about what these other ancient notorious, well, I brought up Jezebel. Like, well, Je- what would Jezebel? Okay, so Jezebel, it's funny that you bring up Jezebel uh-huh. because. Often a name that gets attached to women who people just don't like for a number of reasons. Because, okay, so here's, I guess. Je- I'm pretty sure, and I, I can't, if I can find the reference, I'll post it, but I'm pretty sure there's a major he- 
a notable Hebrew Bible Old Testament scholar that has written some scholarship almost in a creative form as like Jezebel's response to the story of Jezebel in the Bible. Okay. Okay. And I know scholars of course have done that, even if not in a kind of fictional historical fictional sense done that they've done it like by just by way of scholarly defense of Jezebel. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Um, so that's one thing. But there is also, I think there's a, like a novel on Amazon, even like Jezebel's story, you know? Oh, I'm sure. So there's this like way to do that. And with Monica Lewinsky, she, of course, through her own business and her anti-online bullying work and so on, has had a chance to fully take hold of her legacy. It's extraordinary as what best she, as she can. Yes, yes. Yes. And to do that. And so I guess Amanda Knox is now, she's taken her turn and doing this thing. It's fascinating to watch it happen in real time. Mm-hmm. So it'll be interesting to see where she and her story go. So, all right, yep. your turn, your turn. Yep, okay. Um, okay, 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 okay. Um, oh, this one's fascinating. Um, a, a little more wonky, but on the more serious side, um, from Religion News Service very mm-hmm. recently. Mm-hmm. Um, and this is by a, a bunch of scholars. This is from a bunch of um, Hindu study scholars oh, based cool. in the United States. Okay. It, the article's called... Um, Hindutva's threat to academic freedom. The Hindu right has attacked U.S.-based scholars for the past few decades attempting to dissuade and discredit academic research. Oh, fascinating. And I don't, um, and the article has several um, authors, Ananya Chakravarti, um, Purnima Davan, you know, just and uh, um, kind of a who's who Simran of Jeet the Singh. field. I think these are all um, North American um, scholars of Hinduism. Oh, interesting. Who are being attacked um by a an extremist extremist proponents of extremist versions of Hinduism about their scholarship. Wow, which is fascinating because I know that things like that have also happened within Islam. Mm-hmm. And it made me wonder, you know, like um, I, I think all religions have some form of this. Um, and I, I knew I, I know of somebody recently, I don't want to say their name or too many specifics, but I know of a, a scholar recently who got like a threatening note from somebody recently. We're like really weird, Ooh. which like mentioned the name of one of their children. Oh boy. You know, not in a way where like actual violence was threatened, but in a way where it was like super creepy. Oh, that's not. And just like, yes. why would somebody do that? You know, like, but that's, but it was based on something they'd written about in the realm of, of biblical studies and theology in which they, Oh. Um, and you know, it just like raised that whole specter of like, um, you know, this clash between, religious people practitioners and religious mm-hmm. scholars mm-hmm. and there's off and often religious study scholars are practitioners right right that's either very in the common relig- either in the religion they study or in another one right but um you know it's obviously perceived they're the academy i've told students this a lot in classes when we talk about issues of like um you know biblical scholarship and and church it's like mm-hmm. we want to have an image of like church and academy say for example that these two things should work together of course scholars in biblical studies and theology should promote that idea like mm-hmm. uh, of course but these are historically two rival poles of power that are that are bound to clash and maybe there's good that can come out of them clashing like each can be can be chastened and humbled and learn from the other but um, in this case it sounds like um, these scholars don't think that that it's being handled well by the extremist group. <laughs> you know what's interesting? I So this reminds me of a common, I think, lie of the way we think about the world in the West, mm. which is the kind of the traditional modern way of looking at the world is that 
that religion belongs in the private sphere right. and that there's this separate secular world that is like the real world right. and then or the public world and then you know religion mm-hmm. happens in this kind of private like right. in the domestic sphere Immanuel which, Kant that's yeah that's there's a, a long thing, body yeah. of literature that that supports that and mm-hmm. many people I'm I'm thinking of a a scholar of um of of this category of scholarship called Orientalism. A guy named Richard King wrote a book about um, uh, mysticism. And one of his central critiques is that um, scholars from um, what we think, what the West categorizes as the East, oftentimes get not categorized as philosophy, but as mysticism, because that's Uh, a way of like privatizing their scholarly contributions and not putting them on par with someone like Socrates or Plato or the traditional Western philosophers. So, but one of the things that I think comes from that, that I'm just thinking of in response is this idea that religious ideas or religious people, however we define that term, don't, are not serious or they're not, um, powerful. So, Mm -hmm. um, like the idea that we think of the things that are, are powerful and should shape us are like the the um, the financial structures of our culture or the military or something like that. Mm-hmm. And for most religious people, the I- ideas about God and how we study the world are that important, mm-hmm. right? Like mm-hmm. we, you and I, do you remember one time we did this exercise for students where we were talking about the Christian, the um, late 19th, early 20th century idea of premillennial dispensationalism. And we did this little talk on it. We put it on YouTube and then, our, there was somebody who wasn't even in our class who somehow found that video oh, yeah. and had like a ultra serious response. We were kind of like joking a little bit about it. Right. And that person, it's like their world, you know? So I think oh, a lot of times yeah. people just don't think, don't well, realize that. And if, and if you believed in so, uh, any particular idea with the seriousness that groups do, why would you not treat it like that? You'd be a hypocrite if you didn't treat it like that. Yeah, and I because... feel, I, I was just thinking, I feel a lot of... um empathy and sympathy for these scholars because you know that's actually quite scary to be threatened and attacked in that way well it is it's 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 cold comfort no doubt especially as the article goes on like as they have felt their families have felt threatened but um to be to be attacked for an idea for scholars is also a high honor too yeah there's that there's there's i have a lot of respect for and concern for for them and their their families Mm -hmm. yeah wow okay that's my thing are you ready? Oops. Oh, no. I yeah. just lost one of mine on my screen. I got to pull <gasps> it back up. Get back up there right now. Okay, I wonder I if you have this. All right. Go for it. This one seems a little more lighthearted. Lonely no more. Questioning Christians find belonging in TikTok. Oh, the, t- the TikTok. No, I don't have that one. The TikTok stream has come up a lot, though. Like It the, has. The TikTok theologians thing. We got to do a more in-depth thing on the TikTok theologians. We do. We need it. Like, who um, are these people? What are they doing? Like, what is happening on TikTok? Well, also, so uh, this is one thing I wanted to float by you to see what you think. Mm-hmm. Uh, anytime there's like a new medium mm-hmm. for doing theological stuff, mm-hmm. academics tend to be very slow to adapt to that. Uh, yeah, except those who are fast and then they, they're they super cool. But it's, I feel like it's rare, though. We yeah. have not seen anybody, right? We like should, make weird, a big weird religion should be on TikTok. What? And oh. But but by the time we figure it out, video editing skills. By the time that we figure it out, it'll be over. (laughs) Over. So (laughs) coming in 2024, weird religion on TikTok. 
Okay, okay, okay. Uh, okay, next. Yep. Um, the lucrative business of stoking vaccine skepticism. Uh, How misinformation oh. peddlers are using crowdfunding sites to bankroll their work. There's one group, uh, one site in particular, this is on Slate, um, recently. Um, and by the way, we haven't been citing the sources here, but on our website we and in the podcast links. description, mm-hmm. we have mm-hmm. links to all of our stories when we do these. So you can go and do them yourself. Um, so on Give, Send, Go, mm-hmm. um, which is a Christian crowdfunding platform in, from 2015, a site that was intended to raise money for missionary trips and che- children need medical treatments. Um, there are plenty of these groups. So what, the, what, it's, what it's doing is like anti-vax groups are going on Give, Send, Go and pitting themselves as like the David in a David versus Goliath type battle and drawing a lot of, of sympathy. Like for example, there's a crowdfunding campaign for independent journalist. Ivory Hecker has raised nearly $200,000 to support her true journalism. Like an anti-vaxxer. I'm clicking on the link. This is on gifts and go on the Christian um, crowdsourcing thing. And I'm looking now it's the goal is a hundred thousand, but it's raised 193,521 as of this very moment. Wow. Yeah. What do you think about that? What do I think about that? <laughs> what do I think about that? As a vexed person myself, mm-hmm. I leave it to the listeners to <laughs> determine the safest route here. What I think about that. Wow. Okay. Um, you know what's really interesting to me about this is just how um how adaptable religious language and certain religious practices are and how quickly it feels like they've gotten intertwined into the vaccine conversation. Mm -hmm. I mean, I did some looking into old Pentecostal and holiness conversations about the polio vaccine Mm because I was curious, what are they talking about? Mm -hmm. And it's a lot of the same thing. There's a lot of arguments about federal overreach and don't like the children, stuff like that. Now keep in mind, polio was like devastating for children, especially. And so COVID is different in that sense that it's not as dangerous for Mm -hmm. Um, so far it's not as dangerous, but I, I just, the, the money-making stuff is really interesting to me. Like how the, all these things kind of work together. What, what are your thoughts? Hecker, Hecker also accused the network. They're, they're upset at a a local Fox. Oh, okay. Stifling. Hecker also accused the network of stifling her reporting, promoting Stella Emanuel, a prominent anti-vax doctor. Oh yes. I know all about her. Who's claimed that some medical treatments secretly use DNA from reptilians. She's a Pentecostal. So I've definitely paid attention to Stella Emanuel. All right. Now it's, you know, it's time for the lightning round. Okay. (laughs) Yeah. This one's serious. Last four. We got to go lightning. We got to go fast. Go for it. This is from the governor's office in Louisiana. Governor Mm. Edwards calls for prayer and fasting during lunch for three days uh, as Louisiana works to slow the spread of COVID. Oh, man. Well, count me in. Right? I know. Um, Okay. Next one. This is from a site called the Atlantic Mirror, which is, have you ever got sucked into one of those things which has like a news story or a celeb thing, but it like <laughs> makes you click next Uh-oh. and they string it out over like 50 or 70 posts with advertisements all around it? Oh, nice. What are those called? Do you, you, oh, yeah, yeah. I never, know what you're talking about. You've never done about. one of those. No, I do because what's the board panda? Yeah. So that's I, kind of the same thing. I right? ended up doing one of these because of the headline. When scientists drilled into Mount Kilimanjaro, Uh-oh. they found a biblical secret deep within the ice. That's like, that's micro advertising to Brian Doak. Yep, they were doing it. And you know what I found? <laughs> what? Okay, so it's 
50 clicks to get to this. What? Ice core samples from Mount Kilimanjaro show that there was a drought that started 8,300 years ago, which would be around 6,300 BC and mm-hmm. lasted 500 mm-hmm. years. Okay. But then there was another drought 5,200 years ago, around 3,200 BC. But we're really just trying to get to the third drought, which was 4,000 years ago and lasted for 300 years. That is to say between 2,000 and 1,700 BC. This is just my summary. During the time of Joseph in Egypt, they said. <laughs> which validates the biblical story of Joseph in Egypt. But wait, traditional chronology actually would have Joseph in Egypt between the 1700s and the 1500s or often between like 1650 and 1550 during the so-called Hyksos period. So it's off by hundreds of years. I had to do 50 clicks to see that. (laughs) That feels like exactly how those experiences go. I get sucked into the things where it's like, Child celebrities. This is what they look like now. And you're like, okay. It's, it's not my proudest moment. It's like yeah. two in the morning uh, and my see, two-year-old now we're is up. Now you're admitting yep. it. You've yep. done it. All right. Okay. Uh, this one, Levi Strauss to buy apparel brand Beyond Yoga launching into active wear. In a religious sense, what is beyond yoga? That's what I want to know about. <laughs> what is beyond <laughs> yoga? What's the next? I what? Where do you go? Right, like how much? I mean, I feel like you could do a whole little AAR paper, American Academy of Religion paper here on the relationship, like appropriation, corporate spirituality, like sure, you know, go 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 with that, somebody, because right. that's a story that needs to be told. And finally, from Religion News Service, August 6th. What? 2021. What? Christian group petitions Fisher Price to replace Nativity Playset depicting Holy Family as white. Oh. And they've got a picture of the white Holy Family. Oh, man. Um, Fisher Price's Deluxe Little People Christmas Story Playset features a light-up star, a musical stable, three wise men, and a number of animals, all fashioned in their beloved round-bodied figures that are easy for little hands to hold. The playset also features an all-white family. Oh, um, and so they're like, Hey, what are I, you guys doing? I support replacing that. Um, I mean, if nothing else for the historical accuracy yeah. and also I support the ideological concerns in that the, are embedded in that. In the picture, one of the wise men does appear to have a darker skin tone. Than There's the always one, right? Like they, in any of those nativities, do you have a nativity uh, that you have at your house? Yes. But it's, it's like wood. Would, would See, that's, that's, um, I'd like to get one of those at some point. Well, I think we have a porcelain one too, but I think it's like vaguely Middle Eastern-ish. Yeah, features. we don't really have, um, actually, I'm trying to think, no, I don't think we, act, I, I would like to get one because they're really beautiful. But the, the reality is I have, as you know, two of the most active children on the planet and there's no real, there's no shelf high enough to keep anything safe yeah, in what my house gonna, right now. What are you going to do? Put it on your refrigerator? <laughs> so we're going to have to wait for, in 10 years, I would like a nice looking nativity. Just get some that are kind of like also in the shape of like bowling pins and maybe they can there be like bowling balls. There you go. Yeah. Like rolling yeah. down the tomb that was the There's stone that was rolled worse. away can There's, roll into the nativity. There is bowling. zero problematic things about that, weird religionists. <laughs> Hey, thanks for listening, weirdos. Keep it weird, everyone. We're trying to help. For extras on subjects covered in this episode and other related jokes, don't forget to follow us on the socials and visit our website, weirdreligion.com. Our production features musical stylings by our very own Brian Doak, but our theme music, our official theme music, is by Cassie Blum. And our album artwork is by John Williams. When you podcast, podcast with us. Thanks, everyone. That was a fun one. I had one more and I forgot. Oh, what was it? It was about, excuse me, the Holy Land. Um, um, the Holy Land, what was it? It's owned by PTN. 
and it's the Holy Land Amusement Park was sold to like a medical company that was an Adventist medical company. Fascinating. I'll have to bring that one up another time. Mm.